podcast. I am one third of the people that you're going to be listening to tonight. Alongside me, I have Steve. I'll pass the, uh, the baton over to you in just a second. But today we have guest extraordinaire, four time Emmy Award winner, future dad, Chris Van Vliet. How are you? Guys, so good to be on with you and always great to chat with some fellow Canadians. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. And again, uh, congratulations on the little uh, bundle of joy on the way. Uh, as a dad myself, uh, I know how excited excited you are. Thank you. And I will be hitting you up for the entire podcast here just for dad advice. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. Now, I will say, Chris, I think that there's a really strong likelihood that your kid might actually have the opportunity to win the ever long lasting schoolyard argument of whose dad is cooler because your resume and the things that you've done, the people that you've talked to. It's going to give the little one quite a bit of street cred in the playground to be able to win that argument of whose dad is cooler. Have you ever thought about that? I not until this very second, although if it came down to like, could my dad beat up your dad? I the answer absolutely not. No, no, no way at all. Your dad could throw a really good fake punch, maybe. <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, she can brag that The Rock uh, beats up on her dad more than uh, he beats up on Kevin Hart, so... The Rock does make fun of me a good amount, which uh, as a 16-year-old kid who used to walk around his high school asking people questions just so I could shout, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it, it is the greatest honor that The Rock would ever think to make fun of me anytime that I spend time with him. And of course, I mean, the, the rock has to be up there with some of one of the coolest persons that you've probably interviewed. And, and I do have a question when, you know, when it comes to your interviews, is there an interview that comes to mind? You know, and it doesn't have to be in professional wrestling as much as we are a professional wrestling podcast that makes you go, whoa, I can't believe that that interview just happened. I can't believe I just got that nugget of information. Anything that stands out in your in your years of interviewing celebrities and professional wrestlers? There's so many of them. Like there's so many moments where like you get the invite to interview so and so for some big movie and like that in itself is like, "Oh my gosh, you you're telling me I get to talk to Tom Cruise like that that time was like in Paris in front of the Eiffel Tower like just like knowing that you're going to do that sometimes is like the Oh my gosh, you're like, I get to talk to Steven Spielberg about a movie that he made? Like, this is insane. But there's definitely some moments, and I'm, I'm sure that you guys have experienced this too, where like the person is in the middle of telling a story and you're going, I can't believe like I am sitting here and like witnessing this happening. And one that immediately comes to mind is I had the great opportunity to interview Henry Cavill like 10 years ago mm. for a movie called Immortals. And it had just come out that he had been cast as Superman and was like just starting to like go through that process. And not a ton of people had really asked him about it. And I asked him like what it was like to put the Superman costume on for the first time. And he gave me this like amazing answer about like putting it on, seeing the S on his chest, looking in the mirror. And like those are the type of moments where you're just like, I, I just can't believe this is happening. And those are also kind of the moments where you like, rush to your laptop and try to get it on YouTube as soon as possible. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. And I think I think the one for 
myself, Chris, just to say that we have experienced that is when we actually uh, interviewed uh, Big Vito Lagrasso. It was one of our first wrestlers that we ever got to connect with. And he told us about a conversation between uh, Hulk Hogan and Vince Russo. And he was the only other person sitting in the room. And it was the night of the notorious uh like finger poke doom screw job and uh we got to find out some details of that behind it we actually never posted it because he goes i'll tell you this one off the cuff but i was like what like this is what we can expect for the future and then obviously getting the email from yourself saying hell yeah i'll come and sit down and chat with you guys so yeah this is a, a surreal moment for both of us well how could i not want to come on especially like it was insane to me last week that i was somehow guess <laughs> the wrestlers are you kidding me listen hey, listen i never would have guessed myself there right. by the way well that's that's the thing like I, I, there's a, a ton of people and chris we deal with it all the time this is stage this is fake there's no way that steve was able to guess the rock as the tooth fairy for guess the wrestler Look, we have done so many ridiculous things. We have done the Spanish announce table as a guest, the wrestler. We've done Cody Rhodes's torn peck. Like uh, the the concept of guest, the wrestler just goes so far and wide. So honestly, you aren't the craziest, most difficult thing that we've done as part of guest, the wrestler, because as soon as Steve was able to narrow it down to um, uh, interviewer or, or journalist in the world of professional wrestling, there's not too many that come to mind that that, uh, you know, professional wrestling fans would know. And, you know, that also, like, you know, we, we, we've already laid the groundwork as to what you do. You interview celebrities left, right, and center, professional wrestlers. What's your favorite pro wrestling interview? I, I know that's putting you on the spot here, and I should have maybe given you some time to maybe think about this, but I wanted an off-the-cuff answer to see what is the first thing that comes to your head so that you can't premeditate the answer. So my favorite interview that yeah. I've done? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been so many, right? Like this is ask, like asking a father to name their favorite child. But yeah, my favorite child in this case would definitely <laughs> be The Rock, you know? Like, of course. It, I think that's the same and, answer. It's, it's one of those where like I was such a huge wrestling fan in the late 90s. The Attitude Era is really what sucked me in. So much of like those formidable years of my life were because of who The Rock was both in the ring and outside of the ring. And I just loved the way that he had charisma oozing out of him, whether he was holding a microphone or having a match. So he was my guy. And then fast forward all those years later, the first interview I did with him was like 10 years ago. Mm. And he's everything you could ever want him to be. And they always say like, you shouldn't meet your heroes. But if your hero is Dwayne Johnson, you should do whatever you can to meet your hero because he's kind, he's funny, he's charismatic. And he has this self-awareness about him where he brings you into the moment and he includes you in that moment. So it's not just this moment where the spotlight is shining on him, but he shares the spotlight with the person that he's having that conversation with. And he just sees you. And this will sum it up really well. So I interviewed him for Black Adam a few months ago. It was the 10th interview that I'd done with him. Not that I'm counting. (laughs) And I happened to be in the hotel the night before, and I was seeing some of my friends who had flown into town. And my one buddy goes, uh, hey, I think The Rock's actually going to walk by here in a second. So like, just hold tight here because that's his security guy. So just let's see what happens. A few minutes later, sure enough, The Rock walks through the lobby. And we're expecting The Rock to walk through and us to kind of go, ooh, that's The Rock. 
The Rock walks through, spots us, walks over and goes, Jake, Chris, how are you guys? And I'm like, holy crap. Like he did not need to take the time to like come over and say hi. And somehow, I haven't talked to him in four years, Somehow he remembers our names. Mm -hmm. And he also goes, oh, oh Chris, you, you still living in Miami? I'm like, no. Holy <laughs> smokes. Wow. How do you remember this? So like, it's those types of things that like, that, he's not putting that on. That's just who Dwayne Johnson is as a person. Yeah, Steve has some pretty cool stories about meeting, because he he's worked in, uh, I guess, like, what would you call it? Like in the event yeah, Coliseum so, world. So you've had the chance to work with, with talk, to talk with some wrestlers in the back. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're from, you've been in the area. I used to run the bars and concessions in the Kitchener auditorium before that oh, wow. I was their distribution guy, but my boss knew I was a diehard wrestling fan. So when WWE came and did their house shows in Oh three, Oh four, Oh five, Oh six on the road to WrestleMania, I was the pick to make sure everything back in catering was up to snuff and then i stood back there and i literally mingled with everyone the likes of kurt angle uh john cena ray mysterio tori wilson um i always say this to santi and a lot of our followers i had a one-hour conversation with eddie guerrero sitting at catering and six months later he passed away but i will say that that wow. interview actually changed or that sit down conversation changed my life because i didn't get like lie cheat and steal eddie i got eddie and yeah. it was amazing because he asked about me very much like the rock uh came and spoke with you eddie came and sat at the table i was sitting at i was by myself and he goes oh hey hola, Eddie. and then he comes and like you know the the character turned off so yeah. getting to meet guys that you idolize and you and i aren't far apart in age so we came through the same attitude era into the ruthless aggression like it's one of those ones where you sit there and you're like damn what's next and how is that going, this conversation going to push me in the right direction to interview the next people, right? And how am I going to change myself? And that Eddie conversation is probably the reason Santi and I are sitting here right now. Wow. Yeah. That's a story that very few people have. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have any of those. I think the only interaction I have with a, a conversation with a wrestler, it was at the John Labatt Center in London. It was a house show. The Rock had just defeated Kane, but he got choke slammed. And he's and I was near the front row. He's going around uh giving people the high fives and I'm like, "Rocky, did the choke slam hurt?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> 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 I, and, and no word of a lie, Chris and Steve, that that little. Yeah, the acknowledgement from The Rock literally yeah. changed my path into becoming a diehard Dwayne Johnson fan to the point where my dog's name is Dwayne the dog Johnson. Yeah, that, that is, is so my good. dog's name. No, no word of a lie on his collar. Little wiener dog named Dwayne the dog Johnson. I, I in my head and I'm sure every professional wrestling fan has this this moment that 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 they carry with with them for for the rest of their life is a, is a promo from the rock in toronto in 2003 which is i am the jabroni beaten pie eating trailblazing eyebrow raising stronger than a bear faster than a buck the biggest thing to hit canada because the toronto maple leafs suck will never ever leave my, it's going to be one of those things where you know i'm 60 70 i'm going to remember that that promo is just brilliant. Oh, so good. Work. Like, uh, yay! <laughs> 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 
that's where I live. I'm like, oh my god, it's so good. It's, so it's good. funny. I was just I was describing The Rock's character to someone recently who's not a huge wrestling fan. Like they only know Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. They don't know The Rock. And I'm like, he's kind of, he's kind of a bully. And oh yeah. Like, yeah, and it's it's funny that you say that now in hindsight. Like, but that character was that's what he did. He made fun of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what made him great because <laughs> it was hard to hate him. He bullied people, but it was hard to hate him <laughs> because he was so good at being a bully. Speaking of bullying, Chris, we have to talk about what happened to you with Sean Spears because we all believe that that was a tight. You did it to yourself. To be fair, but there's a wince bit of, man, I feel like Sean's enjoying this. Every single chop that is happening right now to your chest. Tell us about that experience. <laughs> for, for sure, he enjoyed this. So if we take this back about six months before that, I had done an interview with him. It was his first interview since leaving WWE. He hadn't quite announced that he was going to AEW yet, but... I was in uh, Central Florida. I was doing an interview for a Disney movie and staying at a Disney resort. And I said, all right, like, let's, let's do this. I'm in your area. Let's make this happen. So he came to the hotel. We did that interview. It went great. It, it got a lot of views online. He ended up announcing he was going to AEW a few days later. So the timing was really good. And he goes, well, I'm opening up this wrestling school. You're welcome anytime. And I said, I, I will take you up on that for sure. Yeah. Because I trained at one point in, when I was in college. I trained for a few months at the Squared Circle in Toronto. I'm like, I'd love to come, run the ropes, take some bumps, maybe do a body slam or two. He's like, you are my guest. You're welcome anytime. So that was January of 2020 when I went there. And I really thought that I was just going to go. We were going to do an interview with Sean, do an interview with Tyler Breeze, run the ropes a little bit, take a bump. And he goes, well, how about, uh, how about I give you a chop? He set you up. <laughs> I'll take a chop like yeah, no big deal I said why don't we make this a little bit more interesting like if, if we're making a YouTube video here why don't we have all of your students line up and they can all chop me and there was eight students there I thought yeah I can take eight chops from these students he goes done and we started rolling and while we're rolling he goes all right so what I didn't tell you is everybody gets two chops plus up <laughs> oh that's 20 Okay. And like the first few, they weren't great. And some of these chops were the first chops that these students had ever given before. And then when we got towards the end, my chest was already red and welted and bruised. And, you know, then steps in Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears. And those felt personal. <laughs> bad. And I look back at this video three years later now, and I'm like, oh, I would never, ever do that again, I don't think. Now, that leads me into my question for this segue, because you got the chops from Sean Spears. And somebody, I just so you know, Chris, I got the pleasure to go to Clash of the Castle. I flew out and wow. I got to see arguably one of the greatest matches of 2022 between Sheamus and the ring general Gunther. Would you ever consider taking one from Gunther? Look, I'm not the type of person who's ever going to say no to anything. So sign me up. I just don't think I could take 20 from him. 
You you know what? I think there's a different, you know, in terms of experiences, right? There are, I've always said there's two types of experiences that humans say are fun. The ones that are objectively fun, going to a theme park, playing basketball, things that are objectively fun. And then there are the things that are in the moment are horrible. But the story that you get to tell and the recollection of that moment and maybe even the adversity of going through that moment in the future becomes a fun story. So I think, you know, if it were to, if, if it were to come down to chops from Gunther, I think you'd have a pretty pleasant memory from it. Maybe not at the moment, but I something mean, to consider. I, I think it's one of those things that would I do it if we weren't recording it? Would I do it just to say that I did it? No, <laughs> no chance. If we're recording this and we're going to put it out there and we're, we're doing it for the gram, we're doing it for the talk. Sure. Yeah. Hey, Sign me up. Listen, Chris, Santi and I have a bet. If we ever hit a million on TikTok, he gets to put me through a table. So, and we said we were going to do it at Bill's Mafia. So that's one of those ones where I've kind of set myself up for failure, but it's going to be a great story With by the, the end of it. the pace that you guys are growing at, you're going to be at a million before the next NFL season starts. So you're going to have to come up with something else here, I think. Perhaps, perhaps, but you know, we, 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 Steve and I set that, that goal up when we hit maybe like 30,000 followers and more, more so as a, this'll never happen. And now, now I think Steve is like, Oh dear God, uh, it, it's coming, <laughs> it's coming up. And I was very on board. Like, yes, absolutely. 100%. I'll put Steve through a table. There was one conversation in, in, in one interview that you did that's got me concerned about doing it. And it was your um, your experience taking the Impaler DDT from Gangrel because Steve and I, I, I he has more professional wrestling experience than I do. He's taken bumps before. I never have. After hearing that story, somebody who has been through wrestling school like yourself has experience taking bumps. You knew what you're about to the, the move that you're about to take. And it was still a fairly scary experience for you. Can you tell us a, um, a little bit about what was going through your head before the DDT when you were down in the ring and maybe afterwards? Because maybe that's one of those. Hey, it wasn't fun at the moment. But now looking back on it, it's a fun experience I can talk about. Or maybe it really just isn't. That moment is still scary yeah. to think about. So I was a I was a backyard wrestler in high school. And I don't know if it's something I'm very proud of anymore, but I was certainly proud of it when I was 16 and 17 years old. And we took a lot of DDTs. I mean, that's such an easy move to give and take when you're on like a trampoline or in our case, we were on like gym, blue, the blue gym crash mats yep. was our ring for our backyard wrestling federation. So when I did this segment at Gangrel's Wrestling School in Dania Beach, Florida, you know, we did all the typical basic stuff. We locked up, we hit the ropes, we did a few scoop slams. And I was like, Gangrel, it would be an absolute honor if I could take your finisher, the Impaler DDT. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I, 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 we can do that. So we're filming this TV segment because I was working for the Fox station in Miami. And I was thinking, man, what a cool way to like show him doing the move in like the WWE and then show me taking the move. Like, oh man, what a way to end this segment. So we go in and I jump just a little bit too high. And, you know, he's a big dude. He's a strong dude. He's guiding me through the move he's done, you know, for 25 years. And I just jumped a little bit too high. So instead of flattening my body out and landing mostly on like the chest and the knees a little bit, a little bit too high so 
I came down like a true impaler and like landed right on my head and it knocked the wind out of me. I land on my head, my back kind of like folds over. My legs are like, you know, kind of on, you know, it's like the weird yoga pose. My legs are like going over my head and I roll over. I, I'm out of breath. He knows that something's wrong. You can see the look on his face like, oh my God, what did I just do? He covers me for the pin on TV. And then he, he leans over and he goes, dude, you're going to get yourself killed. And I'm like, I, <laughs> and that was like, you know, me just trying to catch my breath. But I had this really scary moment where after I landed, where I'm like, can I feel my yes. arms? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can feel my arms. Can I feel my legs? Okay. Okay. I can feel my legs. Okay. All right. We're good. But there's also like this weird moment in my mind where I'm like, what if like, what if things had gone the other way? Like, what if it was a millimeter or a centimeter, or an inch, whatever, one way or the other? And like, I was being taken out of there in an ambulance, like while we were trying to film this TV segment, I, that, that part really scares me because we were clearly trying to do this for entertainment and thank God everything was okay. And this is not, you know, Gangrel is a true professional. I messed this up in a bad way. But I think about it all the time of like, how incredibly fortunate and grateful I am that I'm still here and, you know, can move my arms and legs. Everything you just said hits home so much. Like I, I had the your exact one to one experience when I was playing uh, football in high school um, for our European listeners or South American listeners that don't know. I'm talking about American football here real quick, um, but I was a kick returner. Basically, they kick the ball. You bring it back and it's one of the most dangerous plays it is the entire um the the return team going at full speed and then the cover team going at full speed the kickoff is always the most dangerous um play in 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 all of football um i was going through you know bobbing and weaving through some people at least in my head you know i really made myself look good but then I, I put my head down and a guy coming in at full speed hit me in the top of the head and everything you just described. I think I went a little bit backwards because my first thought wasn't about collecting my breath. My first thought was, can I move? Can I move my limbs? Can I move my arms? And, it, and, and I was having such a tough time, like reacting to the whole situation. And it was it wasn't until after the fact that I, you know, I realized it's it's because I'm winded. And that's so weird to me that, that a head hit like that, an injury like that could wind you because my first thought was, hey, I'm I'm this this is it. Like I'm this I'm I'm not walking out of here. Steve, have you ever had anything like that? Uh no. I I, I slipped off of a bar I was dancing on once, but other than that <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what bar were you were you at? Yeah, where where, was, where this? was this? I know all of your bars. Finn there. McCool's in Kitchener when it first Finn opened. McCool. <laughs> Finn McCool's in Kitchener. I slipped off the bar and just crashed down basically on the back of my head and the bartender that was working with me looked at me and went, That wasn't smooth and there was like a whole crew of oh. like girls at the one big table that was there and I was like, I really don't want to stand back up because this is embarrassing as all hell. So Yeah. Can, that, can I run it. down some of my favorite bars in Kitchener Waterloo and you can tell me if they still exist? Please. First off, if you don't name dirty fills first I'm come on. Look, I lived on Lodge Street. We were <laughs> same sitting distance. You lived on Lodge yes! Street. Yes, yeah, I lived on I Lodge. Teen Lodge Street. Oh, I was 33. I wasn't too far from oh, you. We were across the road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Phil's, of course, I think Phil's, nothing could kill Phil's. Phil's is like the Twinkie of bars. Yeah, don't look up, don't look down, and you'll have a good time at Phil's. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's, that seems to be the general rule of thumb there. Any other ones that you remember? Loose change Louis, I understand, does not exist anymore. Gone. Yeah, mm. gone. I think the actual building burnt down. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, because uh, you remember case. Mel's Diner? Of course. Mel's Diner, Fubar, and Caesar Martini's. Uh, Fubar and Mel's Diner burnt down uh due to a gas explosion and uh caesar martinis is gone uh which was a great little bar i'm, I'm sure you went to that quite a few times that was caesar. like right after i graduated that, oh, that okay. became a thing what about filthy mcnasty's not there anymore but i love that place yeah that filthy what about McNasty's the rev? Is great rev? rev is 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 it, it was it's been gone for a long time it rebranded as something called pearl and then now it's gone. It's weird because it's still there. It's like a haunted building, it seems, because they haven't changed the. It's still apparently a club, just no one can go to it. Okay. What about the uh, the Silver Spur? The Spur is now it it went from Silver Spur to Chainsaw, and Chainsaw then sold to a new group, and it's now some Caribbean bar Ooh. that is not doing very well. <laughs> well, and I'm sure the turret still exists. Yes, at Laurier. That's a Laurier one. That's a Laurier one. Yeah, yeah. Laurier on campus bar. The Turret yeah. and Wilfs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're one. Okay, I'm, good. Thank you for bringing me. Yeah, taking me down memory lane here. I really appreciate that. Not a problem. That. No, of course we 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 got you. You know, as a for, it's great to be a Laurier Golden Hack. I don't know if if, if that was, if that little chant was around uh, when when you were at Laurier. Now, Chris, I do want to you know maybe talk about. Perf- you know, before we actually get into professional wrestling and like what's going on right now, are you aware that in the TikTok pro wrestling community that you are a sort of Joan of Arc folk hero after your conversation with Bradley when he confronted you about, do you know that pro wrestling is fake? And like to all of us, Chris, that is a question that, especially in a, in a situation like that, that we've all wished we were there and ready to answer. And you had that chance to do it in a high pressure situation because Bradley is a is is a big personality, and it would have been really easy for you to back down and just say, "Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It's a little bit silly," but you really uh, you defended the product and. Everyone on TikTok absolutely fell in love with you after that. Steve, I saw you wanted to chime in there. Yeah, like, Chris, before you answer this, I just need to say from someone in the TikTok wrestling community, not just saying straight shoot, but that was an alpha response. <laughs> Santi loves the word alpha and brands himself as an alpha. That was a key alpha response please run us through that and how you stayed so composed as a wrestling fan with on his show yeah well he was a guest on my show like six months before so then i was a guest on his show it the but the points he was making just didn't make any sense and it's like i wasn't i wasn't trying to start an argument Mm. i was just like being like "What, what you're saying doesn't make any sense oh they're running around like it's fake it's like do you like movies yeah of course i like movies it's like well that's the end of the argument then like yeah don't feel like you can just end the clip right there but the weird thing about that was if you watch the full interview that was like two and a half minutes into an hour-long interview and he's already like coming out of the gates like he was talking about like who's the who's the person that you like really love interviewing him i said oh i was a big wrestling fan growing up and i was about to like be like so that means it's the rock And he's like wait a second 
You like wrestling? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I still do. You know, don't you know that's fake? And it's like, oh, okay, all right. Here we go. <laughs> what are we? What are we talking about? But it's the weirdest thing to me that no one would stand outside of Avatar: The Way of Water and go, "Did you guys like that?" Okay, well, I just want to let you know, it's it's fake actually. Like, at what point? Did we, like, I just don't understand. Like, wrestling is a television program, a very entertaining mm -hmm. television program that is live and it, it takes an incredible amount of skill to do this. I don't know why people try to just, like, boil this down to it's fake. Everything on TV is fake. No one's going, you like Game of Thrones? You know it's fake, right? You like Friends? You know it's fake. Like, it's all fake. That's the part I, I just don't understand about any of this. Yeah. I think the... The points that he was making, and I think we've all been in this argument a hundred times over, but you just had the biggest platform to express the counter argument. Like uh, growing up in high school, wrestling's fake. Why do you watch wrestling? Well, the injuries are real. The bumps are real. The bruises are real. Oh, but when they bleed, they cut themselves. Not still blood. It's still blood. <laughs> Like we saw it, we saw it recently with Gunther and Ricochet. Like it's, it still hurts. Like, come on. I think the thing is a lot of people who aren't wrestling fans try to put this into the same category as football and baseball yeah. and basketball and hockey. Where like, you know, when you're watching the Leafs play the Canadians, you don't know who's going to win. Fair enough. When The Rock takes on John Cena and somebody in the back has written out a script and knows who's going to win, it doesn't mean that the fans don't know who's going to win or the fans can't be enjoying the ride that this is taking you on. Like, and I think that the, the other argument is like, well, they're acting it out like, like it's real. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you go to a Broadway show. Like they're acting it, and no one's going to complain that the guy standing up there isn't actually Alexander Hamilton. Like we, we get that we're going to see a show and we're going to suspend our disbelief and just enjoy the product. And that's the thing, like, like what you like. Yeah. And be okay that people like something that maybe you don't like. That's all right. Yeah, it's it's a really bizarre situation that wrestling fans, young and old, are always put in at some point or another by friends, family members, or whatever. It's just really odd that this is one of those very few um, mainstream hobbies, because I would say that professional wrestling is mainstream. It's one of those mainstream hobbies that people need to justify. And I've always thought that that's very bizarre. Like, why do I like I don't ask you as to why you have to justify liking Breaking Bad. You know, you, are you aware that this high school chemistry teacher did, in fact, not start an entire meth empire? It's it's just make believe it's a story to entertain you. But yeah, wrestling fans through and through their entire life have been put in that corner of are you do you know that's fake? Why do you like professional wrestling? And I think that's why that clip um really resonated with the entire community um because it was just like ah yes somebody has voiced it so well and and again like it, we were just so impressed with because it was a high pressure situation right like you he was really coming at you and like we say it was his show Bradley is a big personality so yeah I guess as a, from from us and when I say us the TikTok community thank you Chris Thank you for doing that. Thank you very much. We do appreciate well, it. I would do it. I would do it every single time. So I, I didn't think that would blow up to be what it was. But then again, every video I've ever had that has gotten a bunch of views, I've never expected any of them to do well. And you guys probably know this from the stuff you're posting. Some of the stuff you think is just going to crush. Of course. <laughs> falls flat. 
And then some weird video, like I had one of me throwing a spear during the Spartan race that I did, and it got like 6 million views. And I'm like, I was expecting that to get like 90 views, not 6 million. Hey, we ended up, uh, we did Little Jimmy uh, twice. I'm uh, Guess the Wrestler. (laughs) Yeah, we did Little Jimmy, and we thought, this is so stupid. And Santi's reaction was so annoyed. buy it and i was just like no this is gonna get views and it ended up getting like 600 700 000 views so overnight. has yeah. katie dick been uh, uh been one of the answers yet tiktok took it down yeah everything we've done that was the only one that's no too far i we we were sh- and, and we're pretty certain that that was a manual review because there was there was nothing like we didn't say anything vulgar there was no nudity or anything like that we didn't use a, a video of triple h climbing into the casket or anything like that so we think it was a manual review somebody wow. saying nope too far out of all the videos we've done that is the only one that's been actually taken down by tiktok that's ridiculous yeah removed and no no argument on it either we couldn't appeal anything. yeah it was just it was done <laughs> well if only we could actually erase katie vick you know from wrestling history that's there's a couple of things i think uh, some wrestling fans would like to remove from 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 the annals of professional wrestling that are just but you know what sometimes it's those things that make it so endearing like mark henry's hand baby right like sure yeah Looking back on it at the time, probably a very weird storyline, but Steve and I hold Mae Young's hand baby very near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, I, I, I asked uh, Mark Henry about it. And he's like, yeah, he's five years old. It's funny to me how pro wrestling, there's like, they just kind of give up on storylines sometimes. I feel like the hand baby is one of them. And I feel like Hornswoggle being the butt of so many jokes yeah. is also an example of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like he's kind of the get out of jail free card when they don't know where to go with a storyline. It's like, hey, what's Hornswoggle from yeah, under the like, ring? We were just kidding, LOL. <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to wrap this up here, um, Chris, uh, the, the podcast portion of this. Um, but let's talk about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling today. We had a, what Steve. OK, so I, I want to lay the ground floor here for a while, Chris. In terms of our podcast and talking about professional wrestling and Steve, I want you to chime in here. It felt for the first half of the year that we were kind of just running through the motions like another episode of Monday Night Raw, another episode of SmackDown. Guess we got to talk about this. Guess we got to talk about that. And now professional wrestling is some of the most exciting television around. And I think professional, in my opinion, professional wrestling is the most exciting it's been since arguably the last 15 years. There's some things in between there, like the CM Punk, John Cena storyline, The Rock coming back, but those weren't, they didn't last kind of like this period of professional wrestling has lasted over the last six months in terms of it just being quality television. What's your favorite thing going on in wrestling today? And I feel like there's a lot to choose from. Don't feel like you have to just answer WWE stuff. Well, I will say that what's interesting about the last six months was I think there were a lot of WWE fans in particular who were continuing to watch Raw and SmackDown just because they'd always watched Raw and SmackDown. And then something happened right around SummerSlam where we went, ooh, I mean, I've been watching all along, but like, this is really getting good here. 
And I love watching everything. I've been saying for a long time that this is the best time to be a pro wrestling fan. Like with everything going on with AEW, WWE, Impact is doing such amazing work and have so many great matches going on there. But I think the most entertaining thing right now as we sit here at the beginning of 2023 is anytime Sami Zayn is on your screen. Yes! Yes! What's so fascinating about that is I don't, I don't think they set him up to win with this. I think they just kind of set him up like, hey, you don't really have much going on, else going on. Like, we'll just throw you in the storyline. He has taken this baton and ran with it, and he is absolutely crushing it that no matter who he's sharing the screen with, all you want to do is look at Sammy. He's so damn entertaining. Yeah, it's funny, Chris. Uh, Santi and I had a discussion about this previously on one of our pods where – we said that this isn't the first time we've seen this with Sami Zayn. Every time he's put in a position to run with something, whether it be good or whether it be bad, the man can run with it and turn it into gold. And he's now been given the long-term storytelling that we have been begging for as wrestling fans for the better part of 10 years because we haven't seen it. We've gotten more backstage segments. We've gotten all the, the, even the social media segments that we've been getting before Raw comes on the air. We've gotten all that, and Sammy's been a huge core part of that. And it's been incredible, and he does not get enough credit where credit is due because he's one of the hardest workers both in the ring and outside of the ring, and it just shows in this entire Sami Zayn bloodline thing. I think this WWE does this thing where people are in the mid card and they're kind of like relegated to the mid card like forever. Mm-hmm. And then you see some people that are able to break out. And like, I think that the, what happened with Daniel Bryan around WrestleMania 30 is like a perfect example of that of like, you're just working your ass off and the fans are noticing and then the fans get behind you. And that's what we're seeing right now with Sammy. And it's just, it's so exciting to watch. And it's also exciting because you feel like you're on this ride with him too. Oh, that's it. It's I think that's the best way to put it. It does feel like a ride. And yeah, like Steve said, like we we all knew Sammy was capable of this. And he's, you know, being put in a situation where he had to put over a match with a big mousetrap. No one can do that except Sami Zayn. I really genuinely believe that the man can get anything over. It's just I feels like this is the first time where they're like, okay, we won't halt it. Keep it going. Keep it going. And and, and and it's been magic. Steve, it sounds like your answer is also Sami Zayn. Oh, 100%. And I was just going to add one more thing, Chris. Like, I'm going to Montreal for the SmackDown and the Elimination Chamber and the Ottawa Monday Night Raw, making a weekend of it. But the Montreal crowd, when the bloodline comes out and Sami Zayn is there, we always say the best crowds are the Canadian crowds. They are so hot. Next to, like, Chicago, Brooklyn, they're really good. But the Canadian Montreal, Toronto crowds are hot. Sammy, uh, Santi and I actually took over the WWE Instagram (laughs) in August during Gargano's return. They ended up pinning us because we were just losing our minds. It was crazy. But it's one of those ones, Montreal, and with what Sammy is doing now, it's going to be the culmination of – basically everything sammy has done over the last six to eight months and it is going to be so hot so fire i cannot wait (laughs) i can't wait to watch that. that's amazing that you're going there yeah 
got some nice Christmas gifts. <laughs> Clearly. Well, folks, I think that's uh, that's going to wrap it. I'm glad that we finished on the Sami Zayn conversation. I think anytime we get a chance to talk uh, honorary Ooze, I, I'm smiles from ear to ear. Uh, Chris, where can people find you? I'm on YouTube at Chris Van Vliet. If this is on TikTok, that's also my name there. So it's just at Chris Van Vliet wherever. My podcast is Insight with Chris Van Vliet. And guys, just thank you. Thank you for having me on and congrats to you on the growth. And also congrats on having the foresight to go, this thing is working. Let's jump on that and continue the growth. Because I think there's a lot of people in this space that go, well, the thing I've been doing doesn't work. Well, stop doing that thing then. Maybe start doing something else and trying that. So congrats to you guys on trying something else, seeing that it's working, and then jumping on that and continuing with it. Uh, we appreciate that, Chris. Uh, Steve, any parting words here? No, Chris, I just I want to say thank you so much for taking the time with us. Um, it is much appreciated. I sent that email off at 4.30 in the morning, and you got back to me within like four hours, which blew my mind. So I do appreciate you responding and sitting down with us and just sharing your insights in the world of professional wrestling and, you know, broadcast and being, being podcasters. Cause we're young, we're new. We've only been doing this 14 months and we're sitting down with a guy who knows pretty much the ins and outs of it. So thank you much. Appreciate my pleasure. I, I I'm doing this in exchange for a quarter chicken dinner at Swiss chalet. Just so you guys know. Nice. <laughs> it's on me. I miss Swiss chalet so much. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of straight shooter wrestling podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, please consider leaving this video, a like a comment and subscribe. If you're listening on audio services around the world, whatever service you're using, they're all different. So you can leave a review. It can be five stars. It could be, I don't know. And they're all different in terms of reviews and figure out how to leave a review in your audio service and please leave us a positive one thank you very much for listening to this episode of straight shooter wrestling podcast take care and be good people